listening to Coaching Presence, the podcast that will help you become a better coach. I'm Mariana Wright, and it's my pleasure to introduce some truly inspirational guests to share their learning with you. Hello, and I'm here with Lily Sito. Lily, I met you six years ago, I think now, in Fort Lauderdale. We'd been invited out for an ICF job analysis panel way back at the beginning of the thinking around the new competency framework. We've kept in touch since. Oh, and, yes. um, I remember a bit of a heated debate going on there about supervision, um, about you, was uh, Sharon Janssen and I were their supervisors and there was a bit of a, why should I have to have supervision conversation going on and a feeling of... Um, not distrust is the wrong word, but people weren't really, the general sense was it was not being embraced at that, at that time um, with many of the coaches present. Lily, tell us a little bit about your journey to supervision and, and your background so people can get a sense of you. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me, first of all, Mariana. I'm really hoping that this, this becomes a very interactive conversation. That would be great. And so I, I recall it was about 10 years ago and I was uh, running an internal coaching supervision program and we had 16 full-time coaches. And we did a lot of mentor coaching with this group. And um, what became apparent was there needed to be something more than just the mentor coaching. There was, people were getting in their own way and there was a lot of, because it was an internal group, there were some potential ethical uh, conversations that needed to happen. And some of this could be done in mentor coaching saboteurs were showing up and so I went looking and I discovered coaching supervision and at that time we probably had about four supervisors in North America and I uh, and I've discovered it was quite um, common in Europe and especially in in uh, the UK and so we brought supervision into the group and and I, I fell in love with supervision because it's a space where I can just say anything I want and I can reflect and have a trusted partner just to work through some dilemmas that are, that are going on in my mind. I love that because I think people have a, a misconception perhaps that supervision is all about, um, I think it's the word, supervision is about control, um, it's about judgment and perhaps we could start by unpacking a bit about what is supervision. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm asked that all the time. And there is this thought that if you come from the corporate world, you know, a supervisor, someone that looks over your work and tells you what you did wrong and corrects you. Whereas in coaching supervision, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the word that is kind of sticking around right now. I'd like to call it reflective space or reflective practice yeah. myself, because it's really about what do I need to think through with somebody on my own terms that will help me support my clients and the larger system more. Yeah. Um, and the question I am often asked too is what's the difference between coaching, mentor coaching and coaching supervision? I'll try to make this work, but these are all social constructs, right? And so, and I, I think, think there's a great, <laughs> thank you. There's a huge overlap too. So coaching really is to hold space for, for someone to figure out what they want to do, what their goals are, and how to get there mm. um, in its simplest form. Mentor coaching is an ICF um, concept of 
how do we how do we demonstrate the core competencies? So really focused on the core competencies, which I, I love the updated ones. They're quite mm. um, inclusive. And super, so that's how we do it. And supervision is really about who we are being as a, as a coach. So what's getting yeah. in our way? What's our stuff that we're bringing into the system that we're not aware of? And really um, examining some unconscious bias that we might be bringing into the space. What do you think? Yeah, I th yes, there's that. There's, there's, yeah, who we are. There's a bit about the mindset that we're bringing, which is, again, in the new competencies. Um, I think that I'm not sure, and you will know, you'll probably understand, the, uh, remember the theory better than me, but there's that triangle about the, the developmental area of supervision, which can include a bit of crossover with mentoring. There's the managerial, which can be keeping an eye on the ethics piece, perhaps, and the supportive role. Um, in the comments, we've just had a, somebody's just reminded me of the comment that you made, which was that it's a spa for your coaching mind. And I love yes. that, 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 that supportive element. Lily, if I may share an anecdote, I was working with you as my supervisor, I was part of a group that you were running at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I certainly felt that supportive role at that moment in time, because it felt like a global trauma we were all going from, you know, I'd been working with clients in India and felt it creeping and suddenly my daughter's home from school and it then was expanding around the world. And we were all as coaches within that group trying to hold space with our clients who were going through a similar process. It was a pandemic. Uh, and it was the one place that we could come together and share that at a professional level, a contracted for confidential safe space to be together. I remember that session and I remember how we all felt lonely in that space mm. as individual coaches. And when we came together, we, we normalized what we were feeling. And we also reflected that we were reflecting the system as well. Our yeah. clients were feeling that way. The world at large was feeling that way. And so yeah. being able to just, yeah, it's like my coaching mind going to the spa. Mm. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we have got some people listening in and, and commenting. So please do ask, you know, what is the courageous question that you want to bring today? And we will see where we can go with that. Um, Sharon is, is online, which is, and I know I said to you, Great. I wasn't going to share names. I'm sure Sharon's Sharon fine. Was part of a beautiful conversation and in Fort Lauderdale, standing up as supervisors against this kind of um, resistance, I think it was. Resistance is the word. Or I'm misunderstanding or, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to move us then to think about why is it important for us as coaches to be in supervision? I think for me, it's because it makes me become a better coach. I'm a supervisor as well. And both being a supervisor and being a su in supervision helps me coach courageously, um, improves my coaching. Why is it important, Lily, do you think? Well, for me, I, I, um, to me, it, it's an ethical imperative. So I mm. do a lot of journaling. I do a lot of reflective walks. And then I still have some niggly, what I call niggly stuff going on in my mind about, oh, I'm not sure if I did that right. And... I wonder what, why I'm feeling this way about a client. Um, and I need someone who's trained to support me in thinking through these pieces so I can go, ah, I get it now. I get it. Without 
being telling me what to do because I'm an adult and I have a really rebellious child in me that says, don't tell me what to do, but support me in thinking it through. Mm. Ooh, that rhymes. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> support me in thinking it through. I, I feel a song coming on. <laughs> yeah, you remind me of you're reminding me of the, the nice side of supervision, but it is actually fun. Do you know it what can I mean? be fun. I hope it it's can fun. Be fun. I don't want to go anywhere where there's no fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes it gets heavy and, and because of the topic, but we can we can bring some levity into that as well. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's yeah. I think that's a a myth that some people have around supervision. It's a bit nasal, gazy, and a bit dour, and a bit retrospective, and a bit oh, you know. But actually there tends to be a way to to analyze and have levity and you know shift shift things around a bit um we've had a, a question about where do supervisors go for supervision oh that's great yeah. well i um i work with three supervisors myself specifically chosen one is often about supervision of supervision. So I get stuck in one of my supervision sessions. Um, I've got a supervisor that I trust 100%. I can say anything to her. I can be vulnerable. I can put all the cards on the table without having to worry that she's going to judge me. And that's a great space to be in. Mm. Yeah. I have in the past worked with a supervisor that worked with me as a supervisor of my coaching, my supervision and my mentoring. I do all three mm -hmm. um, I tend to work with different supervisors at different periods I've worked with you I've worked with uh, other people watching I've been part of a program in Ireland as a supervisor and the supervisors had a supervision as the part of the program and I'm presuming the supervisor of the supervisors was within their own supervision as well so supervisors also go to supervision absolutely well we know the value of it too yeah and i like it i you know i i um i'm i keep i've, I've fallen in love with the sharpening the saw uh, phrase and i it's for me working with different supervisors is a way that i do that because i'm trying to collect ideas and uh, use different approaches and research and and get improve my supervision as well yeah, I tend to rotate supervisors every two or three years as well, hmm. just to try things out. I have one that I, I continually go to, but the other ones I, I rotate. I, I've gone into group supervision to try different supervisors. And then also I, one year I focused on TA, transactional yeah. analysis, for a whole year with a supervisor specializing in that area. So just kind of what's drawing me, what's the yeah. energy about, where do I feel my next learning edge is? Right now I'm focusing on cultural diversity um, I've had someone ask me about starting a group for black indigenous people of color to just be together and talk about what's the experience of being an Asian Canadian woman supervisor coach mm. I took one session uh, to my supervisor where I was going into a corporate boardroom of six white male 60 year olds and I'm thinking Huh, I just want to think this through. And it came out great at the end, but I was like, ooh, that was a new one for me. It was probably about, I don't know, eight years ago. And it was like, ah, usually I get to pick my clients. Usually, you know, I choose who I work with. And this is like a request to go in and do this. And how do I feel about that? 
Mm. What are they going to see when they see this Asian woman coming in to a corporate boardroom of a male dominated industry? How do I need to be in that space? So that was actually one of the most powerful sessions that I had around deference and, you know, owning my space in that type of a, a setting. Yeah, it's reminded me about the new competency framework as well, where culture and context is really much coming through it now. Um, I'm moving on and please comment away and, and add, we can continue the conversation after, our, after we've finished live here. Um, but how best to prepare for supervision, Lily? Wow, that's such a big question. <laughs> so first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing my supervisor you know, I ask, I, I, I interview people for supervision and I, some of the questions I ask is, you know, where do you, where do you go for supervision? What's your style? Where were you trained? There's a number of people out there that are, they have shingles up that they're not even qualified as a supervisor. And I'm a little bit leery about that. I have a bias mm. to somebody who's been trained. I'm not saying that they're not good, but my bias is to be trained. I was explaining in a conversation earlier today that my supervision training was as in-depth and robust and long as my coach training it's you know it's yes and maybe more that, so yeah yeah it's a special skill set especially with the psychodynamics i don't want anyone messing with my mind if they haven't been trained had some training in that area mm. um and i love lots of space there are some supervisors that are more didactic they, they have more questions it feels like i'm being peppered that's not my reflective space. So mm. I really choose my supervisors carefully. And then in preparation, I'm thinking about what am I going to take to supervision? Which client is giving, when I see his name, her, her name pop up on my schedule, I go, oh no. <laughs> right? And I get a sinking feeling. Do you ever get that? Never, never. <laughs> never. never had oh. Or I say, yippee, I get to work with him or her today. Yeah. What a great day it's going to be. And it's like, oh, what's that all about? So mm. um, who am I going to collude with in all of this? <laughs> you don't yeah. collude either, right? Never. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> um, so, and sometimes as I'm working with my coach, my clients, either coaches or or coaching clients I'm, I'm making a note making some notes I have a little notebook that you know things to take to supervision so I have a little list going <laughs> and uh, if I can't work it through in my one of my reflective walks or or um, or journaling it's like okay I, I think it, this is the one or who's the one that I don't want to take to supervision <laughs> what about you how do you prepare <laughs> yeah I, I, the it's normally if I notice the voice, the mulling over, the, the, the uneasy feeling. Um, I think when people are coming to supervision with me and I notice that they're never bringing anything, then I'm thinking, am I working at just the transactional, the stuff of coaching too much? Um, and I think it's a question in itself. If, if you have people that never have anything that they think they want to bring, um, is, it, is it something about, um, is it something about, process that's not quite fitting right or what is it what's is, there's a question that needs to be answered I think if if people never have anything to bring I think there's a wondering in that and that needs to be addressed in itself um but that client list thing yeah the the what is that sense of oh I'm not sure or or the that 
you know, you can walk away from a coaching session sometimes and you think that, yes, we, we went deep there. Sometimes you feel there's a feeling that you haven't quite got to the real issue. Um, there's something going on that's not quite sitting right. There's something beneath what you were said and that you are allowing the coaching to just skit along on the surface without actually going deeper. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff that I'm looking at to bring. We've, yeah. Can I just interrupt our flow for a second? Because we've had a, an interesting question about um, supervision groups and any risks of long-term intact groups, would you say? Oh, that's a great question. I think about that all the time. Um, I think the longest group I have has had three years in a row. And so there's some, there's some potential of becoming too friendly and starting to collude with each other and become friends versus being rigorous in terms of the supervision discipline. On the flip side, you can get the rapport that is that uh, is required to go deep. Yeah. So I, I love it when a, there's one group that there's no holds barred. They can talk about anything and not not feel like they are going to be judged or feel the sh- they can feel the hit of shame, but they feel safe enough in this group mm. to be able to say whatever they need to say. And that is amazing learning space. Amazing learning space. So it, I think it's about contracting. I think it's about um, how that space is held and the agreements that we have of how we're going to work in that space. Because I know that we all have intersecting roles with other people. It's really hard to just work with one person cleanly, right, and not have other roles with them in different different venues. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is where the supervision of the supervisors comes in because that noticing, hold on, are we getting are we colluding with one another here? Has our depth of rapport stepped over a boundary? Are we still working effectively and re- with one another? I think that's where those questions can be. Taken. Yeah, those are great questions. Absolutely. I'm hoping that we've answered the question. Um, we, I had the, well, we've talked about that. What if you don't have anything to bring peace? But um we talked a bit about how to maximize the experience and that's the real theme today about choosing a supervisor. You said about training, There's something for me about people that are too theoretical. I want, doesn't sit with me. I don't, you know, I, I like some, some people bringing models in and that kind of stuff, but that's not for me in terms of supervision somehow. I want people to, have, to be actually coaching as well. I think anybody that's, I, I want them to, be working in that area and experienced as a coach and then become a supervisor something I don't think are necessarily right for really and um, new coaches to then want to step into super, the supervision world and actually that's exactly what I did by the way <laughs> I did my supervision the year after I did my ACC I think I was you know hot off the press and I think it's only now really that I've grown into a supervision role I think you know 10 years later <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so but that's possibly a learning in hindsight um, anything else that we can do to maximize our, our supervision experience do you think uh, well I think there's a piece around uh, our own reflection work so it's not just in supervision groups um, so after my supervision group or my supervision session I tend to go for a long walk and think about what did I learn how does this improve my coaching? Where can I apply it? Um, 
yeah so so just just being mindful of the learning space and then what what do what what do we do with it it's the so what now what yes which doesn't yes. always get covered in the supervision conversation because the supervision yes. conversation is the reflective space and then yes. i as a coach supervisor um, need to decide how am i going to use this so it's it gives me a lot of autonomy a lot of agency to figure out what i need to do to improve my coaching or supervision there's something about supervision the, the maximizing the experience to help one embody a coaching mindset as well i think we start to do the work ourselves and i shared the story um in that conversation about courageous coaching which was i noticed myself <laughs> i'll repeat again in case people didn't hear it but um working with a client giving feedback on a 360 the feedback on the 360 was the person gets defensive to the point of aggressive um and giving this feedback asking you know what what they felt when they read it i noticed the client getting defensive to the point of aggressive with me um and and having the internal conversation can't wait to take this to supervision and then the no i'm a coach I need to name this now nice, because then nice. I, I think I got into the, when I take it to supervision, what's my supervisor going to say part of the conversation, which was, <laughs> and I could actually just fast forward. To, yes. And I'm a supervisor. And I went through the whole process within that couple of minutes in my head and named it. And it, and it was, the sky didn't fall in. There was a lot of learning in the process and yeah. But I think that uh, nice. supervision maximizes your ability to do that stuff yourself. You can start to analyze your own work. Um, yeah. you know. It's that reflection in action, in yeah. the moment, what's going on, what do I need to look after? So being in supervision sort of trains us to be able to access our internal supervisor. And actually the conversation included the, do you know what? And I noticed a hesitancy with broaching this with you. Ah, it's beautiful. So, yeah, beautiful. there's a lot in it. Um, I'd love to have been a fly on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and the other thing about supervision is I love that it's messy and emergent. Mm. And we're working with what's going on in the moment. So when you said, you know, I'm noticing my hesitancy, it's like, okay, what's that all about for me? What's that all about for us? And is that reflected in the larger system that we're working in as well? Because mm. often it's, we're bringing that energy into the space. I've just thought of something which we hadn't talked about before, but might be useful here, which is parallel process, Lily. Oh. Did you want to introduce no, that? I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a hard concept to explain, but once you get it, it's a beautiful thing to see and you can't help but see it. <laughs> I think I kind of illustrated it a little bit with the noticing myself in the moment, repeat the don't want to confront or talk about this because the guy's going to get defensive and aggressive and stopping myself and noticing it. So. Yeah. We're such good storytellers, aren't we? We tell ourselves about, oh, he's going to get angry and all sorts of things. And <laughs> so one of the questions I will, if I get this intuitive hit, I might ask my supervision client, you know, what's happening between you and me that might be mirrored in the system with you and your client or something like that, not necessarily yeah. that kind of language. Or I might say, oh, I feel my heart thumping right now. And I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're talking about. 
and the client, the supervisee might go, oh yeah, my heart's thumping too. And I think it's because I have this fear about having this conversation with my client and, and he's having the fear about having the conversation with his boss. Mm-hmm. So there's a parallel that's going on, right? And I don't know if I'm having fear, but that heart, that, that intuitive hit about what's going on in our body somatically might be useful information to to look at because we're working in the emergent and in the what's happening right now Mm -hmm. Um, and often that mirrors the larger system so I work with team coaches sometimes and if they're in a pair whatever's going on for those two it's probably happening in the in the team and in the larger organization because somehow we shift we bring that energy with us Um, so so we call that a parallel process if something's happening between myself as a supervisor and the, and the supervisee or the client or participant, um, it's likely happening somewhere else as well. So it's something to look at as well. This is all data, right? Anything that's going on is data. Your mm. hesitancy that you named is data. Yeah. So we hold this information lightly and say, does this mean anything? Does it, does it trigger anything in us? And does it take us to places? Is there any transference going on? One of the biggest ones in supervision is around also just to shift a little bit is um, some transference that might happen. So sometimes I get this intuition about something and I'll say, you know, does this person remind you of anyone? Yeah. I had someone go, yeah, my daughter. Yes. That's why I'm so, so stuck on her making this decision. It's like, okay, now, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, oh, she's not my daughter. I can let mm-hmm. it go now, right? So we get these unconscious stuff that's going on for us. It gets in our way as a coach. Yeah. And stuff that gets in our way as a coach is something that sometimes we don't even notice for ourselves, I think. Sometimes no. we, we're almost immune to it. And that's why working with somebody else that knows that sphere and doesn't just keep in mind, you know, we talk as supervisors about the seven-eyed model, for example. So it's not just keeping in mind our interactions with our clients. It's broader than that. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> you've got <laughs> you've got them down pat. You go on about six-eyed, whatever, right? But it's, <laughs> it's beyond us and our clients. It's our clients, the organisation within which they work, their families, uh, the the context within which the organization is placed and the system you know it's 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 yes. broad the cultural and as a supervisor, context we're keeping a check on all yes. of those different contexts and the ecology and now as well with the coach you know as yes. well there's a lot of pieces that we can go exploring in there are yeah it's it's really um there can be a discipline and there can also be a um very emergent um nature to the supervision session yeah so i never know what's going to happen in a session which i love i don't have a model that i'm going to take necessarily it's this what's happening now and where do where does the client the supervisee the client want to go with this with this with this reflection where do they want to probe around or where don't they want to probe around (laughs) (laughs) i've had a question that's just come through i think we may have answered it earlier but just to tap into it a little bit um new to supervision and a bit confused about the difference between coaching and supervision 
understand the coach self-care side, wonders if supervision is a sort of focused psychotherapy of the coaches based on challenges encountered in their practice? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I this is the piece uh, that I love the most is the psychodynamics. What's going on? So I have a bias to this, I guess. What's going on that that's unconscious to us and who we're being as a coach and why, where does it come from? But not to go into therapy because yeah. as soon as we uncover where it comes from, then let's come back to the here and now and say, what do you want to do with that piece of information that you've discovered? Mm. You know, oh, yes, she reminds me of your daughter. Or, uh, okay, that's the then and there. And now let's let's talk about how does that impact you with your client? What needs to happen next? What, what do you want to do next? What do you want to do about that information? And sometimes, you know, if it seems pretty profound, I might say, okay, well, tell me three ways that she reminds you of your daughter, your daughter, and what three ways doesn't she remind you of your daughter? So that that's different, so that we can see there there is a distinguishing difference. Mm. And now I can see my client as a as a whole capable person in front of me, rather than projecting or or transferring some of my daughters distinguishing features onto this person mm. and it happened to me uh, probably about 10 years ago I noticed that there were a number of Asian women coming to see me probably in their 30s and 40s and I was wondering about this so I took it to my supervisor and I was I, you know one of my questions was I'm wondering what kind of energy I'm projecting out there in the world that that I see there's four or five of my supervisees or my coaching clients that are Asian 35 which is kind of the same age as my two sons I don't have any daughters but it was oh it's something about you know uh, what's going on for my two sons that is kind of getting in the way of me being what I call squeaky clean with my with my clients and as soon as I was able to uncover that it was like okay I can just be in this space they are my coaching client. They are not my sons. They're not a projected daughter or a wanted to be daughter uh, and just be with them. And it just shifted things. And, and then they stopped coming to me. <laughs> I, have, I have a couple, but, you know, so I, I don't know. Maybe it was something I had to work through unconsciously um, about, about children. So, but um, it was so useful to have had that coaching supervision session. Lily, I'm coming to the end of our time today. It feels like we're just getting into the juicy stuff of our conversation. Um, we can continue online um, in the comments. But is there anything that we need to, to say to wrap things up, do you think? Well, I, uh, if you haven't experienced supervision, I would encourage you to um, have an experience of it and decide for yourself whether it's the kind of reflective practice that is suitable for you because mm. um, it, it, it probably is not suitable for everybody but I think once you've experienced it you will fall in love with supervision yeah at least I hope so because that's the what spa, happened to me. The spa the spa. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much Lily for your time today and uh, goodbye it's been delightful Thank you for listening. To continue this conversation, join the Coaching Presence Facebook group. If you enjoy being part of that uplifting community, do tell others. You can find out more about me at mariannawright.com.